Get out of here. Way back, looks up. There's the cycle. You can't put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He has hit for the cycle. <laughs> All right, well, welcome. We are here, fellas. The first podcast recording of 2017, The Cycle. We're glad to be back at SoxFest. This is where things started last year. And uh, this is, I believe, our 24th or 25th episode. It's been a wild ride. And this is a big one. Uh, before we get started, I just want everyone to know I am not Jermaine Die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. I, <laughs> After a while, though, I will just sign autographs like Jermaine Dye if you I harass mean, me Last enough. year, you got Jose Contreras. Jose Contreras, Jose Contreras uh, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, which I don't know where that came Ron from. Ron LaFleur. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Jeff Oscar Blum Campbell. once. You got Jeff Blum. That was weird. Um. All right. So anyway, we are uh, very happy to be here. We occasionally do a live recording, and it's always fun to have energy in the room. So thank you, guys, uh, all the Sox fans, for showing up today. Um, we're thrilled to have our guest, and you know him as a future Hall of Famer. He is number seven on the all-time home run list. He is known to be one of the nicest guys in baseball, and he was a uh, member of the uh, Chicago White Sox for several seasons. You remember his dramatic home run in the, the blackout game? Why don't you get it a little loud in here? Come Give on, him a welcome. Jim Tomey. Thanks, Jim. Hey, Jim Tomey. Yeah, Jim Tomey. Yes. Hey, what a pleasure. Hey, love it. Great to see you. How about oh. that, man? These people love you. Yes. Wow, that's awesome. Yes. And you are a gentleman taking the stairs. Do you see Look us? We just climb right up here like a bunch, bunch of animals. animals. You know what? I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... I didn't want to pull my back out there. Right, right. <laughs> good, good entry. So I mentioned in your intro, I don't know if you heard it back there, and, and I'm sure you're a modest man, but future Hall of Famer. That's what everyone is saying these days. No doubt yeah, is no right. Doubt. And I'll ask you off the bat because it's in the air. You know, we just yeah. had the, uh, they just voted for this year's class, and, yeah. and what a thrill. Tim Raines, who, yeah. you know, I don't want to drop names, but he was a guest on our podcast. <laughs> and then he made it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. That's what we do. So, we make Hall of Famers on this podcast. We well, break people. Well, you know what? I hope we can celebrate that a year from now. All right, that let's would do it. Be that would so be too. pretty special. Absolutely. I know. In Cooperstown? Do you, just, do you just invite us to Cooperstown? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If you're, if you're lucky and honored enough to go to Cooperstown, I think everybody should be yes, invited. Yes, absolutely. I think so. Agreed. You know, it's, it's, it would be a wonderful thing. It's the, I think it's the greatest fraternity, you know, there is. I mean, you know, you don't play the game to go to the Hall of Fame, but I guess if you're blessed enough to play it a long time and, 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 be another blessed to have the numbers that they even put you on the ballot is just very cool and special. When you, when you get to like 500 home runs, honestly, do you start thinking, man, this is this could be a reality? You do, you do, you know. But but it's not it's not it's not the driving force. But it, you know, within yourself, you're thinking, okay, like here I was, I played as a kid, you know. You 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 you. When you get to the big leagues, you're trying to survive to maintain, okay, I want to keep getting better. And then you look up and you've got, okay, 16 years, and you're like, man, you know, did I really do that? Yeah, yeah. really. Like, but, but I think in doing that, you're focused daily on the process. You're not 
thinking about two years from then or two years from now. You're, you're just trying to, as ball players, because of the roller coaster ride that we go through, you, 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 you trust the process, I call it. And yeah. then, you know, I, I had a conversation with Eddie Murray when he was in Cleveland, and Eddie had a wonderful career, and he said, you know what, enjoy every minute. It's going to go by so quick, and if you're lucky that, that you know you you have the numbers that qualify you, you know, that's the most special part. Yeah. Have you had an opportunity the last few years to look back on your career and and see it, you know, in the rearview mirror and just and and I don't want to. It's awkward to say and marvel at what you did, but you had so many accomplishments. And you mentioned Eddie Murray. Have you ever looked at how many Hall of Famers that you shared a, a roster with? A lot, yeah. I mean, you know, our, our teams in the 90s there in Cleveland, I mean, geez. We, we hated have, them. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we could not we could stand have, we could those. about to speak of the enemy, <laughs> so be careful, Jim. We could, have, we could have four or five or six guys that right. potentially could be, you know, have that opportunity. Sure. But, yeah, to answer your question, I think, you know, it's, it's something that is, again, is the process. You, you When you get blessed enough to play with guys that are – potential Hall of Famers or our Hall of Famers, you you really cherish those moments. And, you know, it is. It's something that I think you do think about, but it it can't consume you because sure. winning is the number one thing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Cleveland, though. And, you know, I, I joke about that because you guys were so dominant and the White Sox obviously were uh, right behind you for the beginning of your run. The Sox were very good, and then you kind of – the Indians took over that division. Um those teams were special. And ironically, some of you guys kind of trickled into the organization, you know, and that's how we began to tolerate you. We had Albert Bell. <laughs> us in the circle, yes. But we had Bell, right? Kenny yeah, Lofton. Kenny Lofton. Yeah. Vizquel for a little bit. Right? Both Vizquel. Alomars. Both yeah. Alomars. Vizquel. Yeah. yeah. Jerry, Jerry, uh, Mr. Reinsdorf must have loved how we played against you <laughs> yeah, guys. Apparently. So like, I'm going to so. bring them over. But Cleveland is a – a monumental part of your career, and you're, you will probably go in. You will go in as, a, as an Indian. They have a statue of you, which yes. is uh, – that's got to be special. It is. It's really cool. I, great story. My son and I drove to Cleveland to watch the Cavs in the final, in the NBA finals, and we're coming into Cleveland, and my son is in the back seat, and I hear him say, oh, Dad, look, look. And I looked, and – he goes, look, there's your statue. And it was just such a cool moment, you know, to wow. have your son who's nine years old. Like, it kind of gets me a little choked up. But I think that's what, like, you don't play to get a statue. You don't play to get into the Hall of Fame. You play to, to win. You play to play for the name on the front. You play for the name on the back, which is your family. And that was such – an incredible moment, just that father son. Like, like I had to like look down right. and go, wow. You is know? it? I have a statue in Cleveland. Like, that, right. That's so <laughs> is cool. It, is it difficult to see a statue of yourself and not it say, is. "I'm a god"? Yes. It's it's, it's <laughs> bow <right>. before me. <laughs> no, no. Like, like kneel before the homie. <laughs> it's it's. I would have been like, Dad, there's a statue of you. Why didn't we fly? <laughs> he's like, he's like, Dad, Drove could, you to Cleveland? Could, you, could you afford a plane or what? Can we get on Southwest or what? <laughs> about it. Oh, man. It, it, special times. That's it awesome. Is. And then you look and Bob Feller is next to, you know, where they put us out front there on 9th Street and it 
just a cool moment. Even when you were in Cleveland, I mean, obviously being from Peoria, coming back here had to be special. What was it like when you first came to play against the White Sox? It, it was incredible. Uh, you know, like coming back as a visitor, it was always my favorite place to come because of home. And then when I was in Philly and got traded here, mm-hmm. then it added another perspective. A, mom you know, was diagnosed with cancer, was going through some really hard time, passed away. And I think what coming home to Chicago did, it it really helped our family kind of bond and go through those growing pains that that, that we needed sure. as a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and my time in Philly was great. And I've got to tell you, it, it was a gift from above to be able to come home and play in Chicago. It was so much People fun. take that for granted. Like, you guys, we just see you as athletes and TV yeah. and everything. But, it, like, the family part, being away from family and then being able to be home with family, that's yes. got to be huge. And- it, it was so great because, again, baseball is such a tradition. And I think what it did, it got on the weekends, my family was able to come drive up two, three hours and be here and be a part of it just helped that ease their mind and kind of go, okay, you know, this will give us a little bit of hope and just just light to the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great that she saw you get well on your, your track of yeah. being such a great player. And uh, you kind of came out of nowhere as a, you know, 38th round. Is that right? I was 13th. 13th round. Well, sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I do have 13. Uh, I do have 13. Hey, we're going to get those guys that said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jim I think Burley might have been 38th. Bur- I think Burley. Yeah, Burley? I do have 13th in my notes. It just jumped. We're still going to get tired, that guy. Jim. <laughs> I work at night usually. Pat makes a lot of these facts up, so don't even worry about it. He- <laughs> but still, 13th round isn't anything to brag about. No, it, it, I, I, look, look, I, I just love getting the opportunity. As a kid, I think you dream of playing in the big leagues. You, tr- you dream of having an opportunity to play professional baseball. And, you know, I mean, at that time, I just wanted to go play. It was yeah. very cool. 38th, 58th, 13th, Where, so it wouldn't have mattered. Walk us through the beginning of your career. Did you ever hit in Old Comiskey? No, you just no. Up. I was at I was at actually when they built it when they when they built uh, the new Comiskey, you know, and then it got switched over to U.S. Cellular. I was at the early stages of that. Yeah, I, I watched baseball as a kid in Old Comiskey. Yeah, but uh, it was very special. Very growing up in Peoria, and then just getting an opportunity to be able to come watch baseball with Dad. We'd either go to Cub games or Sox games, which was great. Who was your favorite player growing up? Oh, man. I I, I mean, you know, I, I would say Luzinski. I would say, oh, you yeah? know, yeah. The yeah. Bull. The Bull. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I liked Greg Walker's swing, who yeah. was ironically sure. a hit, my hitting You're coach, hitting coach? Yeah. later on. And, Great you swing. know, yeah. I mean, and the other side, you know, like Dave Kingman and Buckner and those guys were – you know, guys I followed as well. The, the best part is you could watch baseball on WGN, which helped yeah. me kind of love baseball. You kind of came up during that new ballpark phase, so I'm sure you did get to play in some of the old classic ballparks. Um, someone threw out a question earlier before you came in here. What was one of the better ballparks that, that you like to hit in? What was your favorite park to hit in? And then also, like, maybe the most difficult. I would say one of the best was Minnesota. I loved hitting in the Metrodome. Yeah. Uh, I loved hitting here. I had great – Great days here. I think that was kind of coming home and, you know, knowing that you had friends in the crowd and that extra motivation. 
Tiger Stadium was another great ballpark. They had the upper deck too, right? They had that low right field, that upper deck, yep. And I I did not hit well in Oakland. Oakland was always in Seattle were really – I just – I don't really know what my numbers are there lifetime, but – it seemed like I never hit very well there. I don't know what it was. It looks cavernous, that stadium. I've uh, got a television. Like no that. White Sox player has ever hit well in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, if that makes sure you feel better. I, I got to tell you, like, yeah, yeah I, I, that, that included me because I just never really felt comfortable, uh, you know, in, in those ballparks. Jet lag, this guy said. Jet lag, yeah. yeah could be. Well, who was, was there anyone? He drives usually, though. <laughs> yeah, I drive there. <laughs> Was there anyone that you faced that you was just like, oh, yes, I can't wait to pick this guy to, to face me? Or, and, and, and on the other hand, who was like, uh, I should just sit this one out? I, like, who are the two guys? Well, there was a lot of guys I should have sat out. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the guys I felt comfortable on were Rick Reed from Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had really good numbers against him. I felt good against Clemens. Oh, yeah. yeah. Roger, yeah. And I felt really good against Verlander. You yeah, later wow. in my sure. career, yeah, I had, I had, I. He was just a guy that I. There are certain guys you face, you just feel good facing them. Now, on the reverse end, Randy Johnson was one that I yeah. did not yeah. feel comfortable. Uh, Jesse Orozco was a With reliever that, that would come in, and before he came to Cleveland. I faced him with the Yankees was Paul Ossenmacher. Oh, he yeah. was a setup yeah. reliever uh, that would utilize and come in to get guys like me out late in the game. And he did. And those all-star – so with the all-star games, did, they, did you guys talk about that? Or you're like, man, I hate facing you. Or are you like – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that camaraderie. Can you get sick that day so you don't have to face <laughs> <laughs> But, it, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's the best part is – you know, there's certain guys that face guys that they do well. And it's – we as players don't really, like, get too deep into it because we're like, okay, I've got – yeah, I feel good against this guy, but I don't want to mm-hmm. jinx it. We don't want to mess with the baseball gods. Right. And you just kind of let it play itself out. Would you put yourself in that superstitious category? Not not to the ultimate extreme, but I the only superstition I had was keep my socks pulled up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple hits one day, and I think it was in the minor leagues, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I, I had a tradition for my grandfather who who played back, you know, in the old days there. He uh, he had his socks pulled up, and I, I had a tradition. You know, I just kind of kept them up. That yeah, was a good look. Yeah. So of your 600 and – I'm going to ch- – I'm checking all my numbers now. You're 612, which I didn't know that. <laughs> And you got six guys ahead of you. You're seventh all time. Can you name those six? Well, I think there's Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's Willie Mays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's Griffey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's uh, Sammy Sosa. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. No. No. Uh, Bonds mm-hmm. and Ruth. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. I mean, think about wow. that company. That yeah. company. Wow. That's yeah. absolutely incredible. And, uh, I mean, there were so many great ones. I think one of my favorites, of course, happened right here, um, number 500. I mean, what a special game, too. I mean, just uh, incredible comeback. So much about it. Take us through what that was like. 
Well, that, that, that day was a great story because my wife was pregnant, okay? And I hit 499 against So you Cleveland. were anxious to go to the park. I, I was anxious <laughs> to go to the park. Uh, and, and I'll never forget, I had, we had a, a series against Anaheim. Yeah. And I had all weekend to do it. Never did it the first game against them. Never did it Saturday. So I remember Sunday morning, we were actually flying to Kansas City after the game. And my wife looked at me and she goes, can you just hit a home run today? Really? So, yeah. And she we, said that to you can before? We get this, can we get this over with today? <laughs> Is that what it's like, though? Are you honestly, like, when you're at 499, you're thinking about it more than ever, right? Your approach? You're thinking about it at about 492, right. 495. <laughs> yeah. it, it, because, because you know, once you get to about 498 and you get real close, they start changing the balls out, and they've got these balls marked up. Ugh. And, you know, so as the player, you're like, it's oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, you're like, a, okay. Like, and then you got you to gotta get back in the zone, I call it. You know, because you just don't go up and say, oh, I'm going to hit a home run today. Right. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, we can way. all relate to that. You guys know what it's like. <laughs> so Get in the so zone. It, it, it got to, I think, the either ninth or tenth inning, and I, I hit a home run to walk it off. Yeah. And it, it was just so special. It's to incredible. Do, to do it, to hit your 500th and have your teammates at home plate was a very cool moment. Yeah. Because you you're going to celebrate it, but to have them there, it, it was just, just a surreal moment. Very cool. You had a few walk-offs in your career, didn't you? Yeah, a few. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So modest, dude. Yeah. So classy. Oh, it, was, it was fun. It you was, had a couple monster postseasons. You had the home run that stood up in the, the blackout game, which yeah. you mentioned earlier. Blackout game was great. Probably one of the most exciting games I played in. If you look at the all-around, like, how that game unfolded. John Danks threw a wonderful game. Yeah. Blackburn from them, from the Twins, sure. threw a great game. There was a play at home plate. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it was a quick game. It, I hit the home run to put us ahead, which was great. And the coolest part was going out to stretch and looking at the crowd and everybody had black on yeah. it. It was kind of mm -hmm. just that cool moment, right. you know, like, because you don't usually see all black. Yeah, yeah. Very fun. Who were some of your buddies? Um, I think it's well known that you had a great relationship with Paul Canerco. Yeah. Do you guys stay in touch? We do. We do. Yeah. Paulie's, Paulie's a great guy. He was a great teammate. Uh, he's, we've got great stories. He's a storyteller. Uh, you know, good family man. He's an ambassador, I think, to the White Sox, as you guys, as you fans know, you know, what he's meant to this organization and you know, I think I think it's guys like Canerco that that the game needs. Yeah. You know, and and along with the Frank Thomases and the guys that come back and give back to the great career they have for you fans, which is great. What's your favorite baseball story that you can share? If you have a, if you <laughs> like your favorite story that you can share. Boy, I just, don't. I mean, that's kind of tough because. Is there one that I shouldn't? <laughs> oh no, have no, at it. I we hope so. I mean, I just <laughs> yeah. no. I, I, I mean, I've had some some great. I mean, the World Series moments. You yeah, know, getting introduced as a as a twenty three or twenty four year old kid on the World Series, playing in the World Series in ninety five, and playing extra innings defense in ninety seven. You know, and like just the 
the moment and you know as a kid in your backyard you think okay bottom of the ninth you know bases loaded two outs you're in a well you, you kind of when you're in a world series you kind of live that you're yeah you go as a kid you play baseball then you you play high school college you get drafted and then wow you look up and you're in a world series being introduced well, it's just a 97 cool season too i mean and you had a, a great postseason and you're playing the Marlins, and no one really knows who they are, you know, traditional baseball fans and a storied franchise like Cleveland, like historic. Everybody was pulling for you, I think, outside of maybe southern Florida. Yeah. And, and, of course, I'm sure it's heartbreaking. I was going to school in Ohio at the time, surrounded by Indian fans. I mean, rabid Indian fans. But it's got to be unbelievable to be right there in a game seven. It is. It's, it's a very – that morning when you wake up is just unlike any other. It's so tunnel vision, like like most. But then once once the game starts, it's like okay, you get comfortable, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then you see you know you see how it unfolds, and you don't you don't accomplish what we all dream of. And it's that carrot is right there for you. It's really hard. That was that was one of the most emotional games I would say I ever played in. Yeah, just stepping away, going. No, we should have won it. You know, sure. you, you, it, it's still to this day, I think, will eat at you when you don't win a game seven because you're so close. Happened wow. again recently. Were you, pulling, yeah. you were pulling for him this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, the, with the Indians drafting me and, you know, my history there, even though, you know, I did grow up in Illinois and, you know, 108 years, I mean, you know, you should win a World Series at least one in 108 years. So, you know, like I think like are, when they when they won it, when they won it, you actually there's a side of you that goes, okay, you know, like congratulations. But my my heart was really in yeah. Cleveland. You know, with we with just my had history. that whole conversation about what happened, and none of us have said the word. We, <laughs> yeah. we won't. We've done real good, and we really won't. Well. Yeah. Let me ask you um, about the. Um, the time in Cleveland, because I'm always fascinated by the timing of the movie Major League and then you guys taking off. Was that ever something that you guys talked about, watched, joked about? I think our fans talked a lot about it more than we did. And then, you know, kind of in the 90s when our team kind of got going and we got established, you look at Willie, May ha- Willie Mays Hayes, you look at Kenny Lofton. Yeah. You know, you look at their third baseman, Doran, who made the airs. That was me at third. <laughs> uh, Serrano was Albert Bell. Yeah. Uh, so we would hear a lot about because back in those days, we still trained in Tucson. Yeah. So, and that's where the movie. Sure. Yeah. When, when, you know, when Willie Mays Hayes pulled up, it was in Tucson. That actually at our spring training complex. So the, uh, the comparison was there, yes. And the movie was great. So. And I think it made people love Cleveland, too. It was yeah. such a great yeah. film. It was one of the best baseball think, movies. Do you have a favorite baseball movie? Oh, yeah, Field of Dreams. Yeah. I like 61. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many great baseball. That's the best part is For the Love of the Game is another good one. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some awesome baseball movies. What's the role like now as a special assistant to the GM? I love it. You know what? What do you have to do? I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, I am so blessed uh, that Mr. Reinsdorf, when I retired, 
you know, Jerry called me and he brought me aboard and, and to, to kind of now sit and see the other side of all of this, how things are run and, you know, with our prospects and then you got the amateur scouting and then, you know, our draft, you go out there, Arizona for our draft camp. Uh, and then you have a little bit of, I guess, opportunity to sit in meetings and listen to how you know if we make a trade Mm -hmm. this is what we're thinking the winter meetings this year was the 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 kids we got in those trades are so exciting you know it's a it's a part for me that when I retired I didn't know if I really wanted to get back in the game that quick uh but now that I did and and I'm so blessed that the White Sox they they give me that opportunity to be around my family, still be retired, but yet still be in the game. I just I feel very lucky and fortunate that they have let me come aboard to be around. It's really cool. Oh, we're is lucky there, to have, is lucky there to have you. something that you see now from this side that makes you think, man, if I was playing now, this is what I would have done differently? No, I don't. I don't think I would have done anything differently. It just makes me think – all the meetings we have on guys, like as a player, I don't think you ever realize how much you're broken down, you know, and how you're analyzed and how, but, and for the good, you know, like everything we do from a front office perspective is to make our players better, you know, whether it's our media department, our front office department, we are constantly thinking of ways to better the Chicago White Sox. That's when our guys are on Twitter, when our guys get on Facebook, you know, you're representing the name in the front and you're representing your name on the back. And I think these guys having players to have help educate them with this is important. Yeah. And that's there's little things about being, you know, an advisor, an ambassador, and you know, just somebody in the organization that can help these kids. You've been at some point in your career you became the guy in the clubhouse that people looked up to, and you're the mentor, and I'm sure Canerco gravitated towards that when you came here. Who were some of the guys that mentored you, that you looked up to? Well, I was, I was fortunate in Cleveland. We kind of all grew up together, but then, then we brought over like Oral Hershiser. We brought over Eddie Murray. We right. brought over Dave Winfield, who – Oh yeah, he was an absolute fabulous guy. I love Dave Winfield. So uh, you're saying Manny Ramirez had nothing to do with your development? Manny Manny was a younger player, but Manny Manny benefited. Manny benefited from. Uh, oh, he kind of cracked the veneer right there. He almost <laughs> went. Manny Manny benefited from from guys like the names I said: Dennis Martinez, uh, the Paul Ossenmachers sure, who got yeah. traded over, and uh, you know that 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 was the best part is. You know, you could either go one way or the other, and, you know, it was fortunate that we had guys back in the day that took the time to explain to us, okay, I would have done this a little different, you know. Not necessarily jump down your throat, but in this situation, this is what you should be doing. And I, that's kind of how I approached rookies was never to, you know, uh, I would confront them, but I would never embarrass them on the field. I don't think you ever embarrass anybody. And that perspective you offer is going to be so important for this Sox team. Yes. I mean, when we're looking at the next two, three, four years, it's going to be a lot like what those Cleveland teams of the early 90s were like. So I think that's a nice thing just having you around for that. But do you ever want to just get out of the front office for a little bit and go down there and take BP with them? 
I don't want to take BP. Yeah, because if, look I, like you if I take if I take BP, I'm gonna want to continue to do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. And my I don't need to take BP no more. I had my time. It's all good. But uh, I I do get the itch when I do get around the cage a little bit. I'll kind of. When the players leave, I'll, I'll mess around with the coaches and, you know, have a little fun in there. So it's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm sure players always relate differently to someone who's just a front office guy versus an ex-player. So it's probably everybody is happy that you're there and has a conduit in between both. There is. I think, you know, the biggest thing is when, when I do get assigned to go out to work with players, I think you got to build a relationship that – they trust you, you know, and at the end of the day, if if you've played in the big leagues a long time, when you walk in that door, you know, you're, you're working with the hitting coach that's in the minor leagues that's helping these kids, but you're also there as another eye on them that can sit and help them. From a from a physical and mental sure. side of the game, and that's that's what I enjoy uh, to sit in the crowd in the mi- in a minor league game and to work with a guy. Boy, it, it's pretty special when that kid will hit a homer, or he'll he'll get three hits that night or mm. two hits because you know you see the excitement in his eyes yeah. and his expressions. We mentioned you, social media yeah. earlier as a difference in the game. Now, are you on? Are you on Twitter? Are you no. In the, no, no. Because there's a couple handles out there with your name. I'm sure. There's no yeah. interest, zero interest. Yeah, in it. no interest. No, no. Not even with keep ne- it simple. Next year is gonna be huge. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's just let's just pepper you with some random questions. Sure. Just random questions. Just get to know you stuff. Um, favorite place in Chicago. Favorite place in Chicago would be Gibson's. Gibson's. Nice. You guys jump into. I'll just keep going. With what uh, kind of music you listen to, like before, like the pregame, like any music, or whatever. Never was a big music guy, and Paul Canerco got on me so much. Like I never did my walk-up song. I I was so locked in, like to what was going on, both trying to prepare mentally and physically. I let other guys kind of control the music, but they yeah. they would play country. I, I listened to a little bit of country, a uh, little rock and roll. You, when you say locked in, like we, you joke around at all during a game, or are you like laser focused? It, I would joke, but very little. I would yeah. say, yeah, like, <laughs> like I, I, I would, I would have fun. I would know when to joke, yeah. but I mean, I was, I was focused on what I was doing. Did other people know you were joking in the clubhouse? Or like, okay, I could just... sometimes. Ejections. How many times were you ejected? I don't want to be this, like, sound like I was this, like, it's so intense guy. No, you got to have fun and you got to smile. But when when you're between the lines, you are tunnel vision. You have a job to do. Anything you said to an umpire that got you ejected? Yeah, I got ejected twice. Okay. (laughs) Do you think that's not a lot, man? You played twice. I actually got ejected twice, and both times were probably called for. Because I was not very happy with what he what he did. This is and a podcast. I can't tell you, can say whatever you want. I can't, yeah, you I can't can. tell you. There's, no, you can. there's too many respectful people here. I mean, I can't like that's that wouldn't be good. We're at Sox Fest. Who's respectful here? This is unbelievable. <laughs> want to hear? It. Come on, just one thing. Just I think I just told him. I said, "Sir, it's a little outside." <laughs> I beg to differ. You're gone. Like this, that. Just, you're gone, man. I'll let you use your imagination. Right. <laughs> Who's one of one of the funnier guys you played with? Who I, I would say, you know, sneaky Canerco. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
No kidding. Very funny. Podsednik. Uh you doing any impressions of your old I teammates? I would say Manny. Manny, Manny was a real... He, Manny no, was no a, doubt about that. He yeah. was a funny, like, he was always doing something. He'd take your sock <laughs> or he'd take your slider shorts or he, he'd have the shirt you wore for BP. He, he'd have five different guys, like, clothes on, like, for BP. And you're looking. <laughs> the clubbies are looking for everything. Manny's got it on. That was the fun part. That's but like a he fetish. Was like, he, he was a, just a little kid that loved playing. You yeah. know, it was fun. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes from 16 to 17 with this organization. What are your expectations of the 2017 White Sox? What are you looking for? You know, I, I, well, I think with our new manager, I think Rick is a wonderful man. I think he's a wonderful baseball guy. And I think, you know, I think we're all excited about that. And then I think the youth – I think watching these guys develop and get to a point where they get comfortable and how can we in the front office help them with that process. And then the older guys, you know, you got some veterans here that I think represent what it stands for to be a veteran, the Frasers, the Robertsons, the, you know, Melky. I mean, we got some guys that really can help these guys be a professional. Sure. And, uh, you know, it, it my, my, my kind of theory on just go play the game. You know what? Even though you're young doesn't mean you can't, like, sneak up and have people say, ooh, you know, it's July and we're playing much better than everybody thought. It can happen sure. if you stay true to the process and understand that, that the game is what it is. Does it remind you at all of Cleveland, early 90s? It, it, it has that potential, yes. I think when you look at the guys we got in the trade and the pitching, I mean, boy, what organization wouldn't want to have these young arms yeah. to build from? And then you add Mankata and the fact that what he brings to the table as a young player, Matt Davidson, who I personally am excited about. I've worked with Matt over the last three years while I've been here. I really liked Tim Anderson last year. And Tim Anderson's yeah. a great-looking yeah. young player. Uh it's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think, you know, this is Chicago potentially in the next five years has a chance to be a very exciting city for baseball. Yeah. Know, obviously, we know what the north side has done. I think we are heading right there, and it could be, it could be a lot of fun here. That will be, awesome. be great. That will be great. Um, we're going to wrap things up here. Um, we've got to thank you for being here. This year will be exciting, not just for the team, but we are very excited to keep an eye on, on you getting into the thank Hall of Fame. It's going to be, Thanks, uh, guys. It's going to be a lot of awesome. fun. So, thank you so much for being here. That was a lot of fun, Jim. All right, guys, Jim Tomey. How about it for Jim Tomey? He did it.